Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uniquely Wired Podcast. I'm so excited to finally be back. I have been out for about a month or two without being able to record. Summer has been insane, um, but we are back and I am so excited for today's episode. And I have, of course, a special guest. Um, Miss Lily. She is an autism mom herself of a nine-year-old. And of course, I'm going to let her introduce herself fully. Um, but today's topic, we are going to focus on back to school and I will be asking her some questions. So that's just kind of how this episode is going to be flowing. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. And please don't forget to leave your review and your feedback and your comments. We would love to hear. And if you have any questions, for Lily, you know, even after the podcast, please feel free to um, drop those down below if you are watching on YouTube. Um, if you are listening on any of the podcast platforms, please feel free to email me at uniquelywiredpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on social media. So let's get right into the podcast. Lily, introduce yourself. Hello. Um, hi, my name is Lily. I am a mom of a nine-year-old who is uniquely wired, just like Nani's podcast. I'm greatly um, grateful. Um, thank you for having me here. I am like truly, truly happy for you and so proud for this journey that you're going through. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess we can start off with who is Liliana? You know, it could give us a little background of yourself and then, of course, where you are now from where you had to start. So um, I like to say, like, I'm a Hispanic mother. I was uh, born in the United States in Connecticut, but I was actually raised in Puerto Rico by my grandparents. And um, as I came back to the United States, to Connecticut, I had my son and um, what's funny is before I used to do a lot of modeling and I had to model for this uh, company that was doing a fundraiser and it was in regards to uh, different diagnoses and they were doing a clinical research and there was different flower shops that were creating um, these type of dresses, real dresses made out of real flowers. And my flower shop was representing autism and I wasn't a mom by that time. And then after a few years, just connecting the dots, I said, oh, my gosh, like how, you know, life brings you through these swirls until it actually makes the connections. So, um, yes, I have a nine year old who's on the spectrum. Um, he is such a character. I was studying for uh, to become a RN. But then when his diagnosis came up back in 2018, I knew that he was going to require my full time at home. So I, I was looking for a plan B. And that's when special education come up, came up. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at now. Um, I'm in my last semester for my bachelor's degree in um, special education and doing my student teaching and hopefully being done with everything now in December. Wow. I mean, I love that you said, you know, like God just really puts things together and we don't realize these things. Like we don't realize until we are in that path. So you saying that you were already, you know, connecting the dots of what you used to do and now having your son, but you wouldn't have done that if you wouldn't have found out this diagnosis, right? Of autism. And it's just crazy because I feel like for me, not the same exact thing, but as far as connecting the dots, I mean, we know each other for a couple of years now through social media, which hopefully we can meet each other. <laughs> in person one day um but it's it's crazy because for me I was a teacher assistant and you know we had a lot of kids with IEP never knew what IEP even stand for never really looked into it never really cared if I'm honest to look into autism and things like that or any type of disability so until I became a stay-at-home mom and got my daughter's diagnosis and then I was like Oh, okay, God, I see you. You were trying to like get me ready this whole time. And silly me, I didn't even see it that way. Because once I got the diagnosis, I was kind of like burdened. You know, I was overwhelmed. We went through the grief and, and all the things, which I know, you know, where I'm coming from um, and what I'm talking about. But it's just, 
it's crazy how it works. And again, if you're listening or watching, maybe this is not your experience. Maybe you've never met anybody who's autistic or any type of disability. And this is completely new to you. It's okay. You're not alone. Because guess what? You still have people like us, like Lily and myself, who are here for you. So why am I talking about back to school today? First of all, it's back to school season, right? Probably makes sense. But also because I just feel like, I don't know about you, Lily, but in me, for me, um, I go through a lot of anxiety and lots of worries and thoughts in my mind that I really try to find ways to keep myself busy so I'm not so overwhelmed and thinking and thinking um, because both of my kids are not verbal. And it's very difficult for me to be like, here you go. I'm trusting you with my child. I have to really just trust. I I just have to. I have to for my own mental health, but to also know that they're going to be okay. It's just my mom's instinct too, you know, getting in the way as well. So I know that a lot of moms that are listening um, are feeling this way or Maybe you're going to feel this way when you get there because maybe your child is not there yet, which is one of the questions. But the first question I would ask, which by the way, I have my phone with me. So um, how do you prepare for back to school season as an autism mom, but also now adding on being a student teacher who, you know, you have to be busy yourself and prepare yourself. So how do you do that? So, um, Nani, just going back to what you were saying, you know, every family is different. Every diagnosis, even if they have the same name, is different. There's different challenges. There's different goals. There's different achievements that you want to acquire for our children. So not everyone is going to have the same experience. Um, but what I can say is for back to school, it's so, so important. Like you said, you have this fear and this anxiety every time that school starts. And I can imagine even other mothers that don't have a child with disability does go through the same anxiety because you are leaving your loved one in hands of someone you don't know. But how do you get through that line of not knowing someone, presenting yourself? So I always say this to all the parents that follow me. It's so, so important to have a nice relationship, a healthy relationship with the school staff. And not because we're educators, like now that I'm actually inside the school, um, I'm not saying that everything's perfect, but we're humans too, not because we're educators, we know it all. You are the expert. The parents are the experts in these children. Yes, the majority of the time we're with these children Monday through Friday, seeing also challenges and what works for them and not work for them in the classroom. It's really important to have that key communication with the parents and the parents with us as staff. Because like that, we get like an introduction is like a resume when you're applying for a job. You want them to know kind of a brief description of who you are. So have that conversation, like give these key um important details to staff so they can know who your child is so they can know that you're an involved parent that you're always there that if they need a hand in something what is working what it's not and that is key to starting and then as a mom I at least what has worked for me with my child months before I start letting him know on this day school starts, we're going back to school, we're going back to school, visuals helps a lot. But just with me, with my son, that key communication and a head start, let's get ready, we're getting ready, we're going to go to bed. And there's a lot of questions that our child are going to, you know, come, but why, but why this, but why that? And you just, at least with me, how, what has worked is just having that key communication. So imagine if it works for my son, it's also important to have that key communication with staff. I love that you said that about the, about me, you know, introducing yourself, my daughter's teacher, who's a new teacher this year. And she is, um, going to be with Aliana. The good thing is that she knows Ellie from last year. Um, she was a student teacher then. And, um, I'm not going to lie. I was freaking out once I found out it's her first year teaching. Cause I'm like, okay, um, you're not just with any student, you know, you are with special needs children. They really require time. Um, and, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, 
you know, where I'm coming from, because you're a mom yourself, you know, this person isn't. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's also a little bit of more anxiety, I should say, you know, worry. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I got to give her the benefit of the doubt. She is going to make mistakes. You know, things are going to happen because even teachers that have been in the field for years still make mistakes. I mean, everyone does, right? We're not perfect. So I'm really just having grace on her. And I love that about two days ago, she reached out to me through an app that we have called Class Dojo. I don't know if anybody is familiar with it. Um, and she sent out the doc, you know, trying to get our information from our kids. And I thought that was so clever because that has not happened. The past two years, my daughter has been in elementary school. Um, so I thought that was nice, but I love that you brought that up because even if the teacher doesn't ask you, I was still having all about me. You know, Canva, you could literally get free like files <laughs> on there um, and graphics, edit them, put your child's name, put like the main things, the most important things that you really want the teacher to know. And that would help. That would relieve a lot of stress, I believe. <laughs> and I noticed a lot of moms are doing that. Like, I don't know if you've, if you've seen that, like, on Instagram and things like that, which, to be honest, I got the idea from there. One of the moms I posted, and I was like, this is such a good idea. I don't know why I never thought about this. Granted, I used to work at a school. But I guess now with the time, you know, everything is like, I don't know, things are just expanding. So many things are popping out new that I'm like, man, I wish this was out when I was... <laughs> in school you know like um so I think that's awesome I'm also something that I'm doing to prepare Ellie it's adding in her bag you know the things that I know to soothe her you know she recently started using noise canceling headphones and um that has been helpful she won't wear them all the time and let me tell you when she does not want them on she'll remove them and that's fine you know no big deal we we want to respect her and her space but I, I think that's that's a really good point that you brought up. So thank you for that. Is there anything else you want to add on that? Yeah. So for the all about me um, now with my, my I don't know if I mentioned this, but I am doing my student teaching in special education. So I, I, I totally understand. Um, but coming with the background that I already have, it's it's the other way around. I already had the experience with special needs with my own son and now expanding it with other children because not all of them are the same. And the all about me is so important when starting off the year is so important for those, those teachers to actually get to know each and one of their students so they can know what challenges they have and what they don't, what is it that they like and what is it that they don't like. Um, but it's, it's also so important. It's those, the parent, we're the expert on our child. So, um, it's so important just to let the teacher know, hey, this is what works or, hey, you can encounter this. Hey, this is a trigger or this is, isn't a trigger. But also keeping in mind that our children or these children, these students are going to be in a different environment. At home, they might have challenges that they don't have in school. There's different personalities. There's different kids around. There's different teachers. There's different, you know, personalities. And something may come up that's new that the teacher gathers. And when the teacher has that conversation with the parent, we as parents have to be receptive of what we're receiving because not because you never heard this before, actually being open-minded to say, oh, wow, you noticed this new trigger. I wonder how I can, you know, work through it and overcome it to help my child soothe through that. So that's why it's so important those first couple of weeks of school, having that open conversation because maybe the teacher is going to find out other little aspects of your child that you haven't seen at home as a parent or in other environments. But that's why it's key, key, key to have that open conversation with them. Oh my God. That was so good. You just unload a bunch of things there because that part, what you just mentioned there about, you know, because let's be real, you know, we're moms ourselves. Like I've been in that position where the teacher will tell me something and I'm like, huh, <laughs> what you mean? That's my child. <laughs> Girl, get out of my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if we're honest, that's just, listen, it's our human nature. Like it's going to happen. We're going to want to like automatically want to defend our children. But guess what? If you know the teacher, that's number one. If you really know them and you have that good communication, which we mentioned in the beginning, having that good bond, that good communication from the beginning of the school year. Don't try to do that when it's already January. Okay. Let's just be real here. I, 
I told y'all when I first started this podcast, we, we're going to be as real as possible. Okay. And it, it might pinch you a little bit, but it's just the truth. And I'm only speaking from experience. Because I also remember working at the school that I used to work at and parents would literally be in denial. They would not want to accept it. The teacher's wrong, this and that. And I'm like, dude, like we are with your child, you know, like pretty much like half of the day, you know, from the moment they're getting up to the moment, you know, it's past lunchtime. So we are with them much longer. So I respect that. You know, I really do. And what I do is when a teacher tells me, or, you know, for us in our case during the IEP meeting, you know, because I don't know if your son does report cards now that he's a little bigger. I know for us, it's like progress reports. Yeah, so it's not it's not like a grade. It's a point okay. system. So right. one through four. Um, so he's in fourth grade currently now. Yeah. Um, so we do receive those progress, um, reports, um, here and there. Like quarterly? Um, quarterly, mm-hmm. yes. And then, um, it's not like an ABC. It's more of a point system. Like, it's yeah. their progress is your this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think, you know, we should definitely acknowledge that. Does that mean that everything they're going to tell you is true? Am I saying to, we're not saying, you know, to believe everything the teacher tells you, but what I'm saying is, and I believe what Lily is saying is to take into consideration. Yeah. To really look, observe your child. What is it that they're bringing up to your attention? Now look for those things at home and see, because you brought a pretty good point there and I unmuted you. So in case you want to jump in, but they're going to act a certain way at home. In my case, Eliana loves to be in her room. She does not want to be around her brother. 95% of the time. If I'm honest, she'd rather be on her tablet in her room, isolated. That's just how she wants to be. Now, when she's in school, she got no choice, but to be around other children. Yes. Right? No. And it, it, yes, it's totally true. So that's what I mean, where it's so important to actually be very open minded as a parent, because now that I'm actually in the educational system, right, I have now the experience of both worlds. I know how and now I know how it works from the inside. And I can be even more open minded as to if the teacher comes to me with, uh, with, I don't know, a concern or, or something that she noticed to actually be very open-minded because yes, w- first of all, we, sometimes we have these depending on social media and, uh, and a lot of people like to, uh, share their bad experience, but hardly people share the positive outcome on online. Talk right. About it. So yeah. yes. <laughs> so we're being real here. Right. So it's very important to actually be, 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 be open-minded is just so important because not because the teacher is telling you this is because she has something against the child. It's just, she noticed something. Have you seen this at home? And it's like you said, Eliana, when she's at your home, she already knows what makes her feel comfortable and she's going to go towards that. But at school, she has to do things that she maybe not want to do. Right. So then right there, yep. that's going to trigger a certain behavior. What behavior mm-hmm. that is, we don't know because we're yeah. not there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just being it's it's just being very open minded that our children, depending on the environment, they're going to act out differently. There's going to be different triggers. There's going to be um, certain challenges and there's going to be also achievements, something that maybe he wasn't or she wasn't able to do at home or at the park, but they were at the supermarket and something happened. And you just noticed that they, they Mm -hmm. achieved something that you've been wanting them to achieve. So it's just that matter of just a trial and error. You just try here, you try here, and then you see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, that, that is such a good point. And, you know, we really hope parents, you know, that are listening, do not feel like we are attacking you, please, by all means, that is not the intention of this podcast. If anything, we really just want to encourage you to be brave. Be brave enough to accept it. You know, accept the challenge. You know, just wake up every morning, first of all, you know, thanking God. And and just say, you know what, God, just give me the strength and the knowledge and, and the boldness to stand in front of an IEP meeting and be able to say, you know what, this is true. Like. I don't see my child doing this as often as maybe the teacher sees it, but I do see it. So we know they're not lying. And if anything, you know, we have to remember 
for the most part, I, I can't speak for every teacher, but people like Lily, um, <laughs> you know, that are in the education, the special education field, let's just be specific. Um, they want the best. You know, they do want the best for our children. And, and I know that every school district is different. Everything. We're not even going to get into the whole school district thing, but because that's a whole topic for a different day. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We are just wanting to encourage you. That's all. And, you know, with that being said, my next question will be, which I guess just flows into it. What are some challenges that your son, um, you know, who's autistic faces when returning to school? Um, knowing that the summer, and I mean, he is two years older than my daughter. He's nine. Um, but I'm sure there's probably still some things that he struggles with. So I'm gonna let you talk about that. And of course, how does he overcome them? Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's very important and, 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 and I don't know it all just because I'm a mom of a nine-year-old who's on the spectrum every day. I learned something different of this of this uniquely wired world from my child, right? But then there's other children there that that are uniquely wired as well, uniquely. And and I love it. I love the name of the podcast. Just gotta put, mention, you know, put that out there. But um, with thank my you, child, yeah, of course. <laughs> with my child, what I have learned, you know throughout throughout the time is that I have to communicate with him he's very literal like he is very I always say that he's like a like a wise old little man um in this body of a nine-year-old he's very literal so I have to like within three months two months just having these conversations like back to school back to school back to school and um he was very nervous he expressed that he was very nervous going back to school so it's very important going into this consistency and um having a schedule set so his body can start getting ready and regulate because now there's so many emotions that he's going through so he can probably act out the first day of school or he can probably shut down the first day of school i don't know how he's going to act those days, that first week, second week at school, but I have to help him from home because I already know that this change of going back from, you know, having this big break in the summer is gonna overstimulate him in somewhat way. And I don't know in what area specifically, but I have to try everything that I can and what resources I have at hand. So I already know communication is key for him Two, having visuals Three, when he sees, you know, his book bag and his little things that are coming um, when I start ordering online like this. I think I lost you for a minute there. Maybe you was you had something in common, right? Yeah. I'm, am I am I back? <laughs> it's OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. I think we, we were stuck in that one part. Yes. Um, so it's just it's just having those resources is just key. Communication is key um, with him. So, yes, in the first couple of days, like we just started school on the 29th. Um, uh, on the, yes, on the 29th. So, um, he was nervous and, and kind of shutting down or he didn't want to go to school. And when he wakes up in the morning, you know, it's that struggle of trying to get him to school, but he, you know, it's just been three days now, next week, we'll work it through this weekend, have those communications and set that schedule. You know, it's really important having a structured, a structured schedule, especially for, yeah. for now for the back to school. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really good point there. Um, I, I know for me, you know, my kids are a little younger, at least seven. And then Jacob is, um, four for those that are new listening. Um, and they just, their birthday just passed. So, um, with Eliana, she still has a very young mentality. Um, so I still have to keep the same routine even during the summer. And what I mean is even their bedtime, you know, um, th that specifically, and in my case, and this is how they are so uniquely wired. They are so different. Same diagnosis, but different people, right? And um, with Eliana, she does not give me a hard time getting up. Like, she actually enjoys school now. And let's just pray it stays that way. Um, Jacob, same thing. Like, they get up so early. They're so used to getting up at a certain time. I don't have a hard time in the mornings. Now, as far as school, I know last school year, she did pretty good. They didn't really say anything like that first week. Uh, Jacob, of course, it was his first year in preschool. So, oh my gosh, he started pre-K pre four. And I'm like, 
Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to process everything because I really feel like this last year is just going to fly by. Um, <laughs> cause that's just how it is. Right. But yeah, as of right now, you know, they don't really give me a hard time or I, I haven't seen much challenges at the moment. Not that it's not going to happen. Um, but I think I'm always trying to stay optimistic and just be ready because I don't want to be so hopeful that then when when these challenges come, I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why yes, that's so year? true. Like, for, for example, last year. So um, with my son, it, it's it, and, and, and I and I and in a sense of way, I love it because I just see so how he's learning how to cope himself. Like he's just growing and you just see these stages that yeah. that they just go through and, and, and it amazes you because it definitely amazes yeah. me. Um, last year, I would say I started noticing that this sense of feeling of embarrassment, he's never felt that before. So now oh. he's feeling it and he's been showing that and um, he wow. just feels embarrassed or he, if, if he like has this sense of shyness and he didn't show these social signs of any sort like mm. happy angry upset right yes. but with the whole embarrassment he's yeah feeling that's that a whole now. different that's a um, whole feeling. different yes so it's yeah. like okay now I have to you know get into communication mode like how am I yeah. going to communicate that it's okay that you're feeling this or asking questions why do you feel this way right. um so I started also trying to prepare my son because I'm actually doing student teaching at his school. So yes, yes. And then, um, so I had to communicate that with him as well. Like you're going to see me at school, but I'm not mom. I'm going to be miss Lily and having that communication and try to get him to understand it. Mm -hmm. And, um, when he was seeing me in the hallways, he's like, mom, like you, you embarrass me. And I'm like, what do you mean that I embarrass you? Yes. He's like, you're embarrassed me because you're my mom. And I was like, but it's cool to have your mom here. Right. Like it's cool. So we left it at that. I, I, I continued with my day. He continued with his. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm embarrassing him. I don't know if this is going to be a good idea. Me doing his student, my student teaching. Yes. That guilt started to creep in because it's a sucker. Yes. So then, um, in one of the classes yesterday, I had to have him as my student and he came in, I was doing an activity with the students of all about me so I can get to know them. And of course I already know him, but I'm like, you know, just draw some things and like color some things just like your, 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 your friends. And he's like, you embarrass me. And he says it again, but I was like, but why? And I get sad. He was like, no, but it makes me happy. So that's where I see the confusion. Because if something embarrasses you, and then he goes, but it makes me happy. And I was like, hmm, okay. And that was just yesterday. This was just yesterday. He said it right there in 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 the half circle at the table. And he goes and he says, yes, you embarrass me, but it makes me happy. Yeah, because you're my mom. And I was like... Hmm. Okay. So there's that confusion. So yeah. I don't know it all. It's just like, you know, tagging You're it trying down to little figure by little. Out. Yes. What is it exactly that he's feeling? You yeah. know what I mean? That maybe he's not, he doesn't have all the vocabularies of all his like emotions that he's feeling, but what right. exactly is he feeling? Is it like, what exactly hmm. is he feeling? So oh, yeah, that, that that's so hard mm-hmm. because it's interesting because your son can actually verbalize these things. But I feel like even himself is still trying to figure out, like, figure okay, it out. what what am I happy about, really? Yeah, and what am I really embarrassed about? Yeah, because to me it sounds like, it, it, I don't know if for you it's the same thing, but it almost sounds like, okay, he's happy that you're there and you're the one doing this, but it's right? out of the norm, right? Because it's like he didn't never, he never would see me at the school, and now he does see me at the school, so it's something. Right. Is out of place for him like you're it's really not- here so he's just getting used to it and and we're gonna pray that you know by the middle of the year even maybe before he'll he'll get through that feeling and that emotion because it may just be a beginning thing too right and i mean even if it was to last longer even if it was to be an all-year thing like that he's just able to cope with that now is he saying like i'm you're embarrassing me like out loud or is he kind of like going to you no, no, no. He doesn't have that 
wait, if I'm going to speak this, I'm going to speak it where no one hears privately. No, no, he says everything in front of everyone. Like he's, (laughs) whatever he's feeling in that moment, (laughs) he's going to say it. He's going to verbalize it. Like he's going to verbalize it. Like, like, yes. And like, for example, like with him, like the whole, like he doesn't understand sarcasm like for example right. in, in, in spanish we say uh, a lot like oh and then it's loco con eso like he's crazy over cheerios yeah. he goes to say really mom you're calling me crazy you're really calling me crazy and i was like no 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 i'm not calling you crazy it's just mm-hmm. a sense of i'm trying to express like you right. really like something and he mm-hmm. he doesn't get that it's just very literal like if you can't tell him uh, go break a leg as like, like, you know, you're wishing someone luck. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're telling me to break a leg? How can you wish that upon me? So it's just. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that it, it makes sense. Um, I think that's something that, for the most part, a lot of autistic individuals struggle with or, or have challenges with. You know, picking up those cues um, and things like that. So whether it's social or, you know, any other types of um, social cues that you would think about. So that's, yeah, I mean. It's, it's new. It's, it's really new to me. So I'm you're, still you're, learning. Yeah, you're adapting to that. And I'm sure that's overwhelming. I mean. <laughs> Sometimes we get it. That's why I say he's, he's such a character. I love him so much. But I, I really say this like to the core. Like he's like a little old wise man in a body of a nine-year-old and sometimes we kind of like bicker a lot between it because I'm trying to explain something how it is but in his mind it's wired a certain way a certain way yeah so I'm trying to like yeah Mm -hmm. you know kind of maneuver maneuver within Uh it and try to understand where he's at to kind of make him understand certain aspects of certain topics and he's just it's stuck on that one yeah there's like black and white it Mm. the grave is it's hard for him so i I, so yeah it's a a learning opportunity so it it really is it's a learning opportunity and i didn't even mention like you know you are a single mom yeah you know that's that's i mean that just adds another weight because i can just imagine i mean sometimes when i get overwhelmed and i'm married like I don't always express to my husband how I'm feeling. I kind of just tend to shut down because I'm like, well, is he really going to understand this fully on how I'm feeling it? Because, you know, women, we just feel things so much different than men. That's just nature. Like, that's just the way God made yes. it to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't know why. I'm like, I really, but it's just the way it is. So I don't even blame my husband, you know, for not really understanding. And, and we're both kind of like in this journey learning together. Yes. Um, but I think, man, I, I just give it to you and I, and I applaud you for what you are doing because you are Thank really you. doing an amazing job. Seriously. I'm not even saying that's because we're on here, but you know, I've texted this to you privately. Like I'm really proud of you and it, you know what? It just serves as an encouragement and motivation to other moms that maybe are single moms and are listening and watching. And they're like, man, if she could do all that, I can do it too. It's just the the hunger. It's having that fire within you, that hunger that you want to be at a certain place. Um, I, I, and I, and I've been open about this. Um, and with you, I, I, Mm -hmm. I see a psychologist. I actually go to therapy because that's okay. You need Mm -hmm. it. Yes. And it is okay. And I, I can tell you that it has been the best decision I ever made because it truly helps you manage as well all those emotions that we bring up and one of the things that my my psychologist has always told me that um because I do suffer of this anxiety and this burnout because I'm always busy Lily's always busy I'm in school I'm full-time single mom being a mom being a woman as well there's so many different hats person thank you yes your person that's good Mm -hmm. so um she always tells me Lily because I always worry about the future. I always get in this anxiety. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to, oh, because in this next, the next month, oh, but December this, oh, but June this, but you're forgetting to be present and let yourself feel what's happening in the now. Mm -hmm. So don't kind of like, 
throw your into that that does give a lot of anxiety and I am learning how to manage through that that I'm not present enough that I'm yeah. worrying about tomorrow so as she always tells me don't cross the bridge without even getting to the bridge yet Mm, and that's something that I that's have repeated good. myself and repeated myself and repeated myself. So yeah. before I would like be f- filled with such, such anxiety thinking, what's going to happen to my son in five years and 10 mm. years? Where is he going to be? He- like when this happens, like within the school system, like when he goes to middle school, I- I've been worrying about that because he's in fourth grade, then there's fifth and then he's middle school. So it's a t- totally different world. I know you're much and closer to me. Start, like, <laughs> Digging myself in a hole and a yeah. hole and a hole. But it's like, wait, 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 Lily, don't cross the bridge. I haven't even gotten there yet. Mm. So be present. And I have to say that to all moms out there Come that on. are listening. Like, please just be present. Don't cross mm-hmm. that bridge if you haven't gotten there yet. Let yourself feel what you're feeling in the moment. If something happens in that moment, you'll, you'll learn how to deal with it in that moment. Right. But don't wow. give yourself such anxiety. If mm-hmm. you haven't felt it yet, you're not right. there yet. So just be present as much as you can enjoy that moment. If there's something to enjoy, enjoy it fully. And mm-hmm. if something to grieve about, then you grieve it at that moment, but don't cross the bridge without making it there. So that's something I have wow. to repeat myself every day. And I that just got the good. chills all over my body, but I, yeah. I, I love my psychologist. I love her. And something that I've First been, of all, I could t- I, I'm, you got to text me that because that's an affirmation. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to put that on, um, on our social media platform, you know, because I think that's such a good thing to put out there. Um, even for moms, even dads, you know, that may be listening or watching. Yes. Cause dads matter too. Okay. Can we just say that? Like dads really do matter. The yes, thing is, they, they just deal with things differently. And they do. Like I said, very soon I will have a podcast with my husband um, on marriage, but just partners in general, you know, and it will even direct to even single parents that maybe are co-parenting because that is so, it's just so crucial and it's so important because your kids, listen, even though our children process things differently, I'm going to tell you something, they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know, they see they sense it. They feel, they feel all it. All the things. Yes. <laughs> all the things. So that is such a good point that you brought there. And, and we thank you for that advice there. That, that, that I was like, okay, she ready to preach. Because, yeah. you know, as a Christian woman and a woman of faith, um, I, I would say this. It is biblical. You know, the Bible does say tomorrow is not promised. And we've realized, and that helps me with my wow. anxiety as well. Yeah, the Bible wow. says that. And it's almost like that same quote that your therapist gave you. Isn't that crazy? And it falls right back into the Bible because it literally, I can't remember exactly where, but I can find it for you. It literally says tomorrow is not promised. And we become so caught up and anxious with tomorrow or even years from now that that we're not making stressing ourselves. Yes. Like and, it, and it affects everything and affects everything. Yes. It affects our job because it affects yeah. our productivity because yeah. let's say, you know, you, you have your own job, you're focused on what you have to do within a week, but you're not focused what you have to do today. So your productivity is affected. So if you're in a marriage, right, you're mm-hmm. focused on, oh, uh, what's going to happen within a month or I have to do this, I have to do that or something's coming up, but you're not focused in the present and you're not f- focused on your partner. The same with yes. our children. I have this to do. I have this to do. I got to get ready with this but then you're so focused on that you're not present and you're not Mm. present with your children and when it comes down to ourselves we're just focused on life itself that I have to do this and something's coming up that we forget to be present and allow us to feel what we're feeling in the now so don't focus what we're going to feel tomorrow we'll get to that but focus what we're feeling now and learn how to handle it now so yes. that's something that I carry with myself ever since I heard that. And, and it just mm. got, I just got the gooseies when you just said tomorrow's not promised and the Bible says it. So it, there it's you go. true. Like it, it is true. Anybody that's listening to this, that's a believer. Like it's really there. And the reason I brought it up is because I'm actually reading a book. I'm looking at my books, but it's not here. It's downstairs, actually. So I read it downstairs <laughs> every morning that I do my devotion. But it's a book on anxiety, and it's by the author, the Christian author, um, Joyce Meyer, which she's very popular and very known. Um, and it's on anxiety, the answer to anxiety. And wow, it's been speaking to me so much in, in a biblical aspect because 
even growing up in the church, like I didn't even think about these things or it was never put into this perspective or brought into like reality. Like, first of all, you're going to go through this and it's normal because we are going to go through these feelings and emotions. We are not saying they're not validated. And I'm not saying that it's not okay that you're feeling that way. It's okay because you're going to feel it. Um, and especially parents of children that just have, that they just need additional support we literally go through more stress than a typical parent does. Like we just do, especially those of us that are children, you know, they, they can't really speak. They can't really tell you, you know, they, they, I give it to those parents that seriously, their parents, their children, sorry, are still non-speaking and they're adults. And, and you know, you literally, let me tell you, we need discernment in this life as parents. Like we need to figure out what is it that our children are saying. We have to read our own children. Like, I already know my kids, so it's easy for me to determine what it is that they're feeling. But it, yes. man, it, it's such a mysterious world. Yes, it this is. This journey. Um, but anyways, our last question um, would be, what can parents do to ensure a successful and enjoyable year? You know, maybe a tip or an advice that you could give them. Um, kind of going back and, you know... Um, resuming everything we we just talked about is communication is key that's the number one communicate with your children and even if they're nonverbal, have those visuals because that is also a form of communication right just show them so they can actually see you know this is what we're going to do. This is going to be the next step. This is going to come, you know, and they can actually visualize what's going to be the outcome or actually have some type of sense of it. But communication is key to have a successful school year, have that healthy relationship with teachers, with your teacher, with your home, you know, the principal, the staff, there's the ones who are going to be taking care of your child, that sense of also being grateful as well, because you know what I mean? Like they have our children and we have to have this sense of being grateful. Like I am so yes. grateful for my son's school. I am so grateful. He, he literally did not, he was verbal, but he didn't speak the way he speaks today. He didn't have as much vocabulary as he had today. And um, to the parents that are, you know, hearing mom and dad, it's okay not to know. I did not know anything about special education. I did not know anything about autism or ADHD or any type of disability. I had no knowledge of it. I went in there ignorant and ignorant right. because we are ignorant when you don't know about something. You know, it's not intentional or anything, but it's just, you know, you're, you're not in the school system where a diagnosis yeah. is completely new. So well, it's okay I, not I, knowing. Yeah. And I always say too, Lily, like we're not born knowing these things. Yes. Which is yes. why I have this podcast. I have my platform, you know, where I share my children's experience and their journey. So parents know, and, and even those that are not in this journey can understand, like you would have no excuse of knowing these things because it's so out there at this. I mean, it's 2023. Yeah. But we're talking about when we first like started. I mean, honestly, in 2016, when Ellie got her diagnosis, like, I mean, sorry, 2018, she was born 2016. I just went fully. Back, but <laughs> 2018, um, it, I don't think like, I mean, I don't remember social media being so open or see, uh, encountering so many moms yes. that are putting themselves out there. I think that yes. started to happen. After Ellie got her diagnosis, I started to yes. notice it even more. And that's the same blessing. sensation that I, I felt when in 2018, as well, I received the diagnosis. It was like, who do I connect with? I don't know anyone within this. And that's when 2019, um, you know, the, 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 the thought of the creation of learning was Lily was born. And then it was, you know, yes. founded in 2020. And that's when we connected. Yeah. Um, but yes. even with the unknown, even with the unknown, I, another tip that I would say for parents is allow yourself grace. Like, and I have to repeat so it good. again, allow yourself grace, give yourself grace because Everyone is in a learning phase. You're always learning. You're always learning. Maybe you don't know it. You you don't you don't realize it, but we're always learning something new from our children, from ourselves, from the community, from from our neighbors, from we're always in this learning phase. So allow yourself grace. Communication is key. 
have that healthy communication with, you know, the teachers, the staff, the principal, have that feeling and sense of being grateful, because that's going to give you a different perspective when you have to handle certain conversation and even the hard ones as well, right? When they give you the call that some behavior has happened or some incident happened at school, you know, kind of go in with a different perspective and just listen listen and then speak use your voice it's so important to yeah. use our voice and also as an educator now i want to say something also to those educators that are listening if you're like also have grace toward the parents like i know yeah. that there's that frustration i understand there's a lot of you know work and paperwork when it comes to this but also understand and put yourself in that parent's shoes you know it, right? You go through it. You went to the schooling. You're a teacher. You have knowledge in these aspects, the laws, this, that. But the parent doesn't. Doesn't, yeah. So sometimes they'll come off with a little bit of attitude. They'll come mm -hmm. off with mm -hmm. more attitude. Or they yeah. come off with this, but just listen and have empathy because really not all parents know and they're already frustrated at home because they don't have the resources that, that they need. They don't have the knowledge that yeah. they need. They don't have the support system that they need. And then usually they blow off at school because it's like, why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? Yes. That's a good point. That is a really so. good point. And also, I think, you know, speaking from the Hispanic community, you yeah. know, and I'm sure you can understand this, like, we don't get taught about these things. Mm -mm. <laughs> like they don't talk mm -hmm. about these things in the Hispanic world. And yes. no matter where in Latin America you find yourself, whether it's Mexico, Puerto Rico, um, Santo Domingo, you know, the Dominican Republic, these people come from out of the States to here. It's a whole different ball game because schools are different. We know this. Yeah. I mean, I was born and raised in PR and went to school there completely different when i came here to pa in 2005 i was like um okay interesting mm, very different very different how everything is run and all the things um so i think yeah that's that's a really good point that give grace and and i think i have a feeling that a lot of the teachers granted i think all teachers go through things but i feel like the tough the toughest years are like those first few years like you know, I just went through kindergarten and first grade with Ellie. Well, in preschool as well, but elementary school, kindergarten and first grade. Now she's entering second grade. I don't know what to expect. I'm just staying optimistic and hopeful. And I'm just like, you know what? We're just going with the flow. We, we're going to go with the flow. Um, but th that's it. And, you know, I, I think as a parent, it's okay, you know, to put yourself out there and let them know, you know, that you are involved in your child's life. Like, it's okay. Yeah, so trust it's me, so they're, going, they're going to notice it's that. It's so <laughs> important and so important to be involved. Like even being like in the inside and seeing it, the difference it makes having an involved parent when you don't have an involved parent. So that is so important. I, I really feel for the parents. I really feel for for my colleagues that are teachers. Like it's it's really important because it's really teamwork. And when we sit down at a table, and I know this is a whole different topic, but when we, we mention IEPs and, and PPT meetings and all of that, it's so important to come in with, to that meeting as a teacher and as a parent. We are a team and we're, we all have to have the same goal at hand. And it's for my child or that student's progress to be where it needs to be or help and guide them to get to where they need to be. That's good. Or help manage, you know, mm -hmm. or if there's certain behavioral aspects, how to help them cope that. But we're, we are a team. So yeah. it's not just staff members that you're the teacher and I'm the parent and I'm coming from outside just to come into this meeting. No, you're a member of that team. The teacher's a member of that team yeah. and we're all sitting down at a table to have the same goal at hand mm -hmm. and it's, you know, help that student get to where they need to be and, you know, as a parent as well, help the team that's working with your child get to where they need to go so your child can have the best mm -hmm. success successful year. So That's so um, good. Yeah, allow yourself grace, communication, have a healthy relationship with school, um, with your school staff members and, you know, be an involved parent and that's going to yeah. help your child immensely. Yes, be involved, y'all. Like <laughs> anything you get out of this, be involved. Don't be the parent that just chills all day. Not worry about it. Check your children's book bag. You know, from the moment I get my daughter, like I'm looking into her bag, like we're literally in the car. I'm opening up her bag, you know, and um, just be involved, 
if you want a successful year, if you don't want to deal with headaches, yes, they're going to come. Not saying yes. they're not. Okay. Yes. Let, let me just put that out there for those that are very little. <laughs> they're going to come. Okay. They're like, going to come. Yep. But what I'm trying to say is you don't want to be the cause of that. Yes. You don't want to be the cause of that because that guilt is going to creep in. And then yes. you put yourself in that position. Don't blame yes. the teacher. Don't ba- blame the principal. You've put yourself in that position. Yes. Like my daughter's um, school, they just suck at communication. And it's and something also, that I'm really going to put out there this year, you know? Yes. And uh, uh, also I wanted to add is behavior is also a communication. Yes. Oh, my God. They are communicating. If there's a certain behavior that's going on, your child is communicating. So what's really going on? We have to hear that student. Maybe they're nonverbal, but we have to hear that behavior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that is communication. So that is why it's so important for us parents to be involved because if the teacher or staff is communicating saying there's these behaviors that's going on, what is actually happening? They're communicating something. They're yeah. asking for something. How yeah. do we help them? So it's really important that we are involved because even though the, the teachers and staff are with your child the majority of the day, right? The majority of the day, they're not going to know everything that's going on at home. So is there right. something that's happening at home that's causing this yes. child to act out at school? Or, you know, we got to find that. So that's, that's so good. important to mention that behavior is actually a, another way of form of communication. Yeah, and it, it's we actually, have to be involved. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite quotes, honestly. Like, behavior is communication, considering that both of my kids are non, nonverbal. You know, I mean, Eliana is semi-verbal. Jacob is completely non And it's a challenge every day. It's a challenge every day. But yes, guys, we just want to leave you. If you get anything out of this episode, because I feel like Lily dropped some really, really helpful gems and just beautiful things. I I just think this was such a insightful and valuable episode, honestly. Um, Not just because it's Lily. I mean, maybe, but you know, I'm I'm just going to, we just going to do (laughs) that. But no, thank you so much, Lily. And I feel like if there's anything that you can get out of this episode, it's definitely communication to have that enjoyable, you know, year and successful year with your child. And and we just pray nothing but blessings and and, and miracles to happen this coming school year. I'm just declaring that over your life and and praying that for you. So Lily, thank you. Thank you so much for your yes (laughs) and for being on this podcast and for your time. I know it's a Saturday. Um, but I thank you so much. And I just know this is going to be a blessing to whoever thank is you. listening. Thank you, Nani. And just seeing you, how, you know, your, your, your successful journey, just seeing your growth and like just going back to when I first met you and seeing yeah. how you're here. And with this podcast, like I know you are reaching to so many houses and mm. homes and families and making an impact. And your name is just embedded in those families that mm. I, I see it. I see it. And I wish you nothing but the best for you and your family. And thank, thank you. you. Thank you for including me in your journey and I really really I am really (laughs) grateful for that (laughs) yes absolutely I am so grateful so thank you guys so much for tuning in for watching if you're on YouTube podcast and for listening on the other platforms don't forget to share and subscribe and leave a review thank you guys I'll see you again on our next episode thank you Lily thank you